Dreams in every country. Dreams, you know we can work together and learn what we need to meet the challenge. Traditional skills and modern techniques. Whatever language you speak, you have a world to offer every day. Climb with the ISA. Welcome to the ISA's Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This is Tom Smiley at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory, host of Science of Arboriculture. This podcast series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture to bring you the latest research-based information on tree care. Today's talk is by me, Tom Smiley. I'll be talking about the effects of root cutting on tree stability. This lecture was originally presented at the Tree Biomechanics Research Symposium in August 2010. Uh, root cutting and tree stability, that's what we've been working on this week. Uh, and then at the end, I'm going to talk a little bit about the notching that we were doing uh, out in the field as well. So we all know that when we have failure of the root system, we can have catastrophic uh, results, that we get a whole tree coming down. Uh, when we've looked at the uh, literature out there to see the percentage of root failures, uh, it's highly variable, of course, depending on the source. Uh, with the International Tree Failure Database, about 35% of the entries are root-related, uh, so it is certainly a significant portion of the failures that we see. Well, the root system uh, certainly acts to keep that tree upright. We have um, this uh, figure showing a little bit of the way it works. We have the roots uh, near the trunk on the leeward side of the tree pushing down or acting in compression. We have uh, the roots out from that working in tension and the roots on the windward side uh, acting in tension, trying to keep these roots uh, from lifting out of the soil. Uh, when we do any sort of root cutting, we often see this in cities uh, with sidewalk repair uh, or any other sort of construction, uh, we can end up with this situation, a, a root cut very close uh, to the trunk of the tree. Uh, and we're always very concerned about these trees. So one of the things we set out to do was to see how much this impacts uh, the stability of the tree and try to define how closely we can cut to the trunk uh, without affecting stability. When we take those roots away, uh, we theorize, of course, that uh, we're going to have more trunk movement and that movement uh, is going to be uh, allowing uh, failures uh, to occur more easily. But the, the question comes to how close can we cut? Uh, and there are uh, some theories of this out there. Uh, we see some municipalities going, as I showed you in that earlier picture, right next to the trunk. Others have some regulations on how close you can cut. We're using some of the methods developed by Vesely and Broody and Andreas has carried on with these, uh, looking at putting a force on the tree, a static force, and measuring the change in lean of the tree. Um, these are some of our first study trees, some willow oaks in Charlotte. 
they were about seven years old here when we um, polled them. Uh, and again, we're using a little bit cruder tools than uh, the German group uh, has been using. We're using just a simple digital level uh, and a dynamometer to measure the force. We, in general, prefer the horizontal poles uh, to save us a little math time, but we also do the angle poles uh, like they do it. So here's uh, uh, doing it with hand. Uh, you can see the dynamometer and we're pulling uh, to get that one degree of lean. And then when we get there, uh, we will read the dynamometer, the peak force on the dynamometer uh, to give us that force value. Okay. Uh, and, the, you know, one of the questions in your mind may be, is this a valid representation of pulling to failure? So we took a group of our trees uh, to one degree and then took them to failure. Uh, and came up with a pretty good uh, relationship uh, between that one degree force and the force to failure. Uh, looking at Vesely's data, he's got a lot more data points uh, than we have uh, and shows a, a curvilinear uh, relationship, but basically there is a correlation uh, between those short angle poles and pulling to failure. And I think that's what we were seeing this week uh, with their poles as well. Well, to uh, do the root cutting, we have been using stump grinders. Uh, and this is uh, one that we were using. We're getting fairly close to the trunk here. We're doing this in increments of the trunk diameter. So we'd started about five times uh, the distance of the trunk diameter. So if it's a 10 inch trunk, uh, we would start at 50 inches uh, from the base of the tree. We'd cut all the way across and then move over uh, and cut another line, measuring between each line of cut. When we got close to the trunk, the stump grinder couldn't fit in there because of the wheels of the stump grinder, so we'd turn it around and do the shaving uh, right at the trunk. Uh, this is what we found with our first set of trees, uh, that we had significant changes in that pull force when we were closer to the trunk than three times the diameter, so at two, one, and at the trunk, uh, we had significant changes in that force as compared to the pre-cut force uh, with those trees. We've repeated this on small red maples, uh, and the findings uh, were a little bit different. With this species, uh, it was within two times the trunk DBH where we started getting a significant change in that pull force. Uh, and we also tried loblolly pines. Uh, and let, I'll, I'll summarize their data here in just a second. So we've got our three different species, uh, the willow oak, sort of medium-sized, the red maple, small, and the fairly large uh, loblolly pines. We didn't have time uh, to put in any data from this week's uh, research. So at this point, at three times the diameter, uh, we get a 5.5% uh, uh, change in that pole force with willow, 2% with red maple, and uh, very uh, little change uh, with loblolly pine, 1.5%, well within the range of variability. So basically nothing happening at that distance with the young red maple or the loblollies. 
When we move in a little bit closer into two times the dBH, uh, we start getting a significant change uh, with the willow oak, as I showed you before. Uh, the red maple not changing a lot, uh, and the loblolly pine uh, not really changing a lot at this point. The differences were not uh, significant. At um, one times the dBH, with the willow oak, we had, again, a highly significant change in that pole force. Same with the red maple, but still with the loblolly pine, uh, a little bit of reduction there, but not a significant reduction in that force. And it wasn't until uh, we were right at the trunk in that last picture I showed you with the pine uh, that we started having a significant change uh, in our pull forces. So uh, why is this? Well, most likely it's because of different root configurations on different tree species and under different soil conditions. Uh, there are at least three uh, different root configurations that have been uh, described. Uh, the first one is a deep or heart root system where we have both outwardly growing lateral roots and oblique roots growing downward. Um, and our, our next one is a horizontal lateral or plate root system. Uh, and that one has mostly the lateral roots growing outward. Uh, this one I would assume would be uh, more sensitive to root cuts than the uh, deep root system, uh, system A. Uh, and then the tap root system uh, is our last one where we have some uh, lateral roots providing stability, but a good uh, sh share of the stability coming from that tap root system. Uh, we assume uh, from our data and uh, from looking at uh, digging around those pine trees that we had the taproot system with the pines, uh, so that we are, that's why we didn't get the, the big change in stability uh, initially until we were right at the trunk. Uh, and we assume that the um, oaks that we were dealing with were more of a horizontal system and the maples more of a deep root system, the combination of lateral and oblique uh, roots. Um, so uh, our uh, recommendations uh, for how close can you cut, uh, well, we'd rather see all the cuts outside of the drip line of the tree. We don't think that gives us long-term problems, uh, certainly not stability problems. Uh, moving in closer, if we have to, we think that about five times dBH is probably a sustainable distance as long as we're willing to provide some care uh, during droughts. Uh, we don't know about decay moving into roots at this distance. We think that it's going to be minimal, uh, but we do not know for sure, and it certainly may have a lot to do with root diameter. Uh, three times the dBH is the closest that we would recommend uh, cutting, and indeed you may have problems uh, in the future with root decay. You may have problems in, in stability with some species, and uh, if you have decay or other defects, we wouldn't recommend cutting that close. Um, and uh, okay, so I'm going to leave that. Um, any questions on, on distance from the trunk with linear cuts? 
Okay, we'll go on. Does the direction of the wind uh, affect the stability of trees with cut roots? Uh, well, we um, have pulled trees in both directions in relationship uh, with these root cuts. Uh, this was on trees that had been cut all the way to the trunk, so it was after uh, we did the trials, and I'm showing you the small red maples this time. Um, so we pulled trees uh, away from the root cuts, on the side away from the root cut. We pay, uh, pulled them on the side uh, that the root cut was on. Uh, we pulled them when the soil was dry, and we pulled them uh, when the surface soil was saturated. It was a heavy rain after a drought, so the subsoil uh, was not saturated at this point, but the, sub, uh, but the surface soil uh, was saturated. Uh, when we did the polls. Uh, I think most of you who have been working know Liza Holmes here. She's up to her ankles in the water during this saturated um, poll. Uh, and here is uh, what we found. First off, let's look at the blue bars. These are the forces um, with the dry soil, and there was no significant difference in the force, whether it was toward the root cut or away from the root cut at that point, but then when we pulled the trees, uh, when that surface soil was saturated, uh, we did have a significant difference uh, in the two poles, and the pole on the side of the root cut uh, was a lower force to get it to that one degree. Uh, so significant uh, when wet, but not uh, when dry. Another question that we've been working on and we were working on this week uh, was uh, trying to determine if some roots are more important than others and looking at the loss of individual roots uh, when we start cutting those roots. Here's uh, where we were cutting the roots on uh, our medium-sized willow oaks. Uh, we were using a Sawzall uh, for this because it has that long um, fairly narrow blade uh, and did a, a reasonably good job of uh, cutting these roots. We would cut them all the way through and then we would take a section out to make sure that we had the whole root and to allow us uh, to measure. We were at this point, we were just measuring the width of those roots that were cut. Uh, we did this around the circumference of the tree, about 50% of the circumference. So we'd start with one root, and that would be directly opposite the line of pole, and then we would go either right or left, uh, and we would switch off between right and left. Uh, what determined right or left? It was just the next root that was closest to being in line with that pole. So we'd work our way around the tree until about 50% of the trunk circumference had roots that were cut, which you will see is not necessarily 50% of the roots. Uh, this week we've been cutting with a chainsaw. Here's uh, Mark's foot and he's uh, uh, doing our chainsaw work. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. A lot of the roots, he actually had the bar of his chainsaw buried all the way down. So we've got some, some very deep roots uh, on the maples that we were uh, working with. And if you weren't out in the field, uh, this is what a 50% a of the circumference root cut looked like. Again, we were taking sections out, so this time we're going to measure both the width and the uh, surface area of those cut roots. 
This was our uh, initial findings uh, from the willow oaks, the medium-sized willow oaks, and uh, a good uh, relationship there between the percentage of the roots that were cut and what we're looking at here, the percentage is we count how many roots the tree had. Typically, they'd have between seven and 11 roots, uh, and we would uh, divide how many roots uh, were cut by that total number. So right in here at about 12%, that's one root for most trees. Our second root was typically in this range, but it depended on how many roots uh, each tree had uh, to determine that bottom scale. And then uh, the left-hand scale is a standardized uh, force. Uh, again, we adjusted the force for the trunk diameter because certainly there's differences in force dependent on the trunk diameter. So let me just point out a few things that you should realize here. When we're looking at one root cut, uh, we go from a low of about 5% change in force, which I would say is not very significant, up to almost 25% uh, change in force up here. So one root can have anywhere between an insignificant change uh, in the stability of the tree to what I would consider a pretty serious change uh, in the stability of the tree. And that uh, continues on up the scale where here we're probably at two roots with most of these, so less than 10% change in that force to over 30%. Um, change in the force. And we go on up, and uh, this uh, sort of outlier point here is kind of odd. We only cut 50% of the circumference, but in this case, uh, we cut, uh, what is that, 85% of the roots were coming off of 50% of the circumference. So we do have great variability uh, in the number of roots that we're looking at and where they are originating on the tree trunk. Again, that last point is uh, almost uh, all but probably one root coming off of half of the, the circumference of the tree. So what have we learned here? Uh, the results are highly variable. Uh, and it's best not to cut any roots at the trunk. It was very hard for us, even this week, uh, to predict what we were gonna have in a change of force. Sometimes one root cut, we thought it was a big root, we thought it was gonna have a real serious change on stability, and it had no effect at all. Other times, a relatively small root resulted in a big change. And we don't really know all the, the ramifications there or why uh, that occurs. So uh, until we know a little bit better, certainly we'd say it's best not to cut any if we can avoid it. Uh, and can root systems change over time? And borrowing Gary Watson's uh, picture here, or one very uh, similar to it, showing that uh, oblique root system, we have lateral roots, we have oblique roots going down. Can these change over time? Yes. Yeah, why, how? Grade changes. Yep, grade changes. Water table changes. Water table, absolutely. Yep, uh, and we can have root decay move in. Uh, may uh, be associated with water table or other factors. As the tree gets older, it's not unusual to see those sinker roots uh, decaying from the bottom 
upward, we can go uh, from an oblique root system into a lateral root system. Uh, so it's hard to say uh, with our knowledge of species uh, what that tree is going to be. And that's why in general we, we recommend going with the worst case scenario for those cuts uh, as we approach the trunk. Um, also, roots uh, will fail differently with different soil moisture levels. Uh, we were doing some comparison, look at uh, surrounding type root barriers. If we were to break those trees, uh, when the soil was dry, we pulled these trees, these ash trees, to failure. Uh, often what we would get when we pulled them to failure with dry soil was breaking of the stem uh, right above uh, the root collar. Um, with obliquely growing roots, uh, that we were forced uh, to grow obliquely with these surrounding barriers, uh, we tended to get root breakage in the one or two inch uh, diameter class um, when we pulled the failure. And then in wet soils, no matter whether it was a, a horizontally growing root system or an oblique root system that we produced, uh, we tended to get root failures in the quarter to half inch range. Uh, so certainly soil moisture and root system configuration will determine where those roots uh, break. And I, we saw that this week as well when they were pulling trees uh, to failure. Now we do have publications uh, on everything um, uh, up to this point. Uh, they're all in the Journal of Arboriculture. The last thing that I wanted to talk about was our notching work, and we didn't uh, show you this in action. I guess I'm not going to show you in action here. I don't know. My videos aren't working very well today. Uh, what we were doing is uh, making different small cuts in the stem of the tree. Uh, this is one that is mostly done. So we started with a going in about an inch on this tree. The next cut, which is slightly above it, we went in two inches. And the next one, three inches. And the next one, a little bit further in. And we do that until we were about halfway through the tree, occasionally a little bit further uh, than that. And we were measuring uh, the force the same way, uh, pulling it to a one degree angle, measuring the force and uh, the angle. Uh, and here is uh, what we found, um, a, uh, a very strong correlation, again, a curvilinear uh, graph here. Uh, and it's showing us that uh, we get a pretty significant change uh, in those force levels when we're a third or more of the way through the trunk. We were sort of surprised that we didn't get much change on many of our trees until that point. And when we're halfway through, uh, we're certainly uh, on the deteriorating end of this uh, where we have a, a real serious change uh, in the stability of those trees. And again, we haven't had a chance to look at our data uh, from this week. So to end, I, I want to again express our thanks to the Tree Fund, to the Davy Company, and to all the Ohio chapter volunteers who helped us out. We had a lot of great participation there. That concludes my talk on the effects of root cutting on tree stability. If you'd like to learn more about tree biomechanics, the ISA has videos of all the talks that were presented during the Tree Biomechanics Symposium in a Proceedings DVD. 
If you'd like to receive CEUs for today's talk, the code for this lecture is SA5581. Again, it's SA5581. If you have other topics that you'd like us to provide podcasts for, please feel free to contact Luana Vargas, the producer of this series, at the ISA office in Champaign, Illinois, or me, Tom Smiley, at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another episode of Science of Arboriculture. in every country you know we can work together and learn what we need to meet the challenge traditional skills and modern techniques whatever language you speak you have a world to offer every day climb with the isa